Hello, and welcome to Real Actors, Real Answers, the place where actors, actresses, scriptwriters, and more get real. Today, we're going to interview Ryan Scott Lax, as well as the famous and well-known Jared Withrow from Courageous Love. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I, I, I don't know about how famous, but I'll, I'll take it. We were just talking about receiving, so, you know, I'll receive that. Okay, well, receiving is good. Given you shall receive. I'm not famous at all. No, in your own mind. Your uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Hang out with him around here for just a day, and, like, 20 people will come up to us. Really? Definitely 20, yeah. yes. Aren't you the guy? Only ever 20. Ever? Really? No, okay. Minimum of 20. Okay, Minimum all right. of 20, yes. Do you have to, like, like incognito with a... What do you call him? Paparazzi? Yes. yes. That's why he wears the scarf. Occasional <laughs> Starbucks runs. Yes. Made That's why he's loving this whole mask wearing season. Uh, really oh, really? Now, do you find. Total lie, guys, do you find when you wear a mask in the sun and it's beautiful out today, do you find like you have like a weird kind of tan line? No, but I'm so pale the masks leave imprints on my face and I don't apply them. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Why don't you scoot up? Don't be a stranger. Because I want to make sure I get everything with that deep, smoky voice of yours. Yes. What about my smoky voice? Well, come on down. I'll sound extra smoky for you. Oh, that's wonderful. Only you can prevent forest fires. Sorry. I like that. That's good. Now, is Smokey the Bear or Smokey Robinson? I don't know. Both. Know. Both. Both. That's really weird. Same, same person. Same person. Now, um, Jared was in this absolutely fabulous movie. I have to address it again. We were just talking. Um, it, it's, wow. Um, it is called Courageous Love. And Ryan Scotlax was in there as well. Yes, of course. But um, That's sucking lawyer. When, <laughs> when was this done? When was it filmed? How long did it take? Yeah. Um, it was filmed several years ago. And in post production for another couple of years, and then came out several years ago. <laughs> it was like two chins ago. Yeah, we were young. Oh, okay, very clever, very creative. We were young. It actually came out in about three years ago. Is when it actually, you know, got distribution and all that fun was stuff. Was the premiere three years ago? Yeah. yeah. Actually, four. So I was going to say that. Makes the premiere sense. was a year before it got. It's streaming deal or whatever, and, uh, and now it's actually making its rounds on television and different on channels. The telly. Yeah. On the telly, yeah. So it um, takes a while for indie indie films to get circulation, you know, basically. So. Very true. Now I have a question. So we're talking about the movie earlier. Um, I forgot. Oh, the director's name is Daniel Knudsen. Right, and he's in there, and he shocked me when I saw him because I've spoken to him before. Um, that accent, yeah. Did he make that up? It was very good. I, you know, I don't know if I should if I should say because uh, can't give away his secrets. But you know, there there's what one, accent? There's one Amazon <laughs> reviewer who said that he was their favorite part of the movie. So hats off to him. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, if you look up Amazon reviews, it's the British tech guy was the best part of the movie. Yeah, it's, it had com- it's comical. I love the part, the one part, Jared, where you're in the, in the barn and you're, you're moving the hay around. And he's on the phone and you don't know. It's very clever. 
you're on the, he's on the phone and you're answering his questions. And it's like he tells part of his character. He tells what he's really thinking. And it was just, that was very awesome. What do you think about that part? Yeah, no, it's funny you bring that scene up in particular. I'm, I'm glad you see it that way because we were talking about that not too long ago about how, um, you know, technically that should have just ended up on the cutting room floor because it didn't drive the plot forward or it was kind of just uh, out of place in a way. Um, but hearing, like, you say that about just the how it informs more on the characters and and I'm glad it did stay in the film, and I think it, it's uh, not only comical, lighthearted, but yeah, it kind of just it gives more insight into the characters and their relationship. And when you had experience in bonds, yes, I got to uh, yeah. find yourself in bonds. Yeah, get to shovel some uh, horse manure, you know, some hay. Oh, the glamour! Yes, yeah. such as life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> did you get to write? <laughs> Not, not mine. Never know. <laughs> he never, you're not into manure. No, I'll, I'll hand you the shovel, but that's as, that's as deep as that goes. Ah, very funny. Where's the symbols? He'll pet the horse. Okay. Did you ride a horse? Because I saw you in, in that um, horse scene, the, uh, the, yeah. the show, horse uh, show. Not for the movie. I didn't, there's no need for me to be horseback, but I have ridden a horse. The one, uh, I got to ride the horse after, like, you know, offset. I got to ride a horse. That's awesome. I forget the breed, but it was it was a huge one. And it was bareback. Clydesdale? Maybe. I, I just know that when it walked towards me, it felt like a dinosaur coming towards me. I, the ground was shaking, and I was like, wow, am I riding this without a saddle? That's... But, you know, the handler who was there, she was professional and made me feel safe so it was he's being modest it was naked on the beach the sun was glistening it was that's very like colorful there uh, <clears throat> ryan that's good yeah you, you reminded me one of my favorite um are you familiar with kirk douglas yeah not at all <laughs> <laughs> when he was approaching heaven's gate before you know he because i was amazed at at he's written books he's done so many things but then I started to look at videos, and he was, uh, they showed clips of him learning how to jump on a horse, you know, mm. so many times he fell flat on his face, mm. but he laughed about the whole thing, you know. Well, his, you have to laugh when you fall flat on your face. Yeah. What's the alternative? You die on stage. True. Yeah. No, that's amazing. All life's a stage. It is. It's and we are but players. Yes. Yeah. So, talk to me about other stuff going on in your life concerning, well, concerning acting and life and things. What's monumental? What's in the forefront? Well, there's, you know, there has been a few projects that have gotten pushed back due to COVID-19. Um, but I think, you know what, it's... It's for the best. It's giving more time, more preparation. Uh, I don't feel rushed, so I don't feel like I'm having to rush any preparation. I can have all the time to just mull over stuff, um, characters and scripts and whatnot. So honestly, I'm excited for uh, what's up ahead and over this hill once we um, get back to some kind of normalcy, which honestly I'm ready to embrace a new normal. I say, if 
if things aren't going to be back to normal, let's make it better than it ever was. <clears throat> and in regards to acting, I'm excited. I'm excited for the possibilities that are up ahead. And like I said, I have several different characters I'm able to uh, kind of study right now. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you, uh, I like what you said about everything just now. Good. It was, uh, no, seriously, because everybody is freaking, I don't mean everybody, but everybody is freaking out, you know? Oh, yeah. Wear a mask, not wear a mask, you know, 60 feet apart, all that stuff. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and I, I recently addressed it because it was on my mind. It's not social distancing. It's physical distancing. There's a huge difference. You can still speak. You can still talk. You can still like we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, and God is in control of everything. Yeah. And more importantly, he knows about you, you know. So, yeah, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> Ryan Scottlax. Yes, indeed. We are going to focus on you. The camera is ready. I mean, the podcast is ready. What? What's going on with you in acting and, and all that stuff about life? Well, as Jared said, a lot of things have been put on hold. And um, it's, I think it's given actors, it's given the industry an opportunity to reassess a lot of things. Uh, because with film, the advantage is that they can proceed. And many projects are proceeding amidst everything that's going on right now because they can take precautions that unfortunately the stage doesn't have the luxury of doing at the moment. Um, so we're in the process of getting some projects back off the ground. Uh, we're involved in a, a film right now that we're getting back after several months of quarantine and all of this. Um, so uh, echoing what Jared said, just look, looking forward to the future and a new normal and also the opportunity with everything on pause right now, people have the opportunity to focus on projects and they have the time especially in the indie film industry you're always falling victim to people who don't have the time this is a third <clears throat> sometimes fourth obligation or job and a lot of people now can make this a priority so hopefully that we see good things come of that isn't time i heard once time is the only commodity that you can't replace so that's all we have actually um now, this project that you're talking about had to do with something in the sky, didn't it? In the sky? Yes. The sun? Yes. You're close. <laughs> the, Just say it. The radiant sun? Radiant. That's it. Radiant. <clears throat> Would you like to divulge anything about that? Uh, yeah, we can talk about the fact that um, as Ryan said, that's one of the projects we're dusting off and um, just basically reigniting uh, the flame for, you know, just our drive and our passion for it. Um, we're kind of just reassessing things. We, you know, we're gearing up to basically launch our, you know, crowdfunding campaign. Um, just talking with other individuals, uh, bringing on new producers and um, actually having private <laughs> auditions right now. So it's just at the start of, uh, of some of these things, you know, pre-production. And, uh, you know, we already have a script. We have a proof of concept video. Our script has received the best uh, script nomination. Um, and it's even since then, we've actually gone back and uh, 
because just before COVID hit and we were quarantined, we actually uh, got to just find, uh, run a fine tooth comb through the whole script and kind of just uh, tweak it and make it even better in our eyes. You know, we just want it to be something that we love and are excited about. And these are characters that we really want to play and portray on film, which film being nowadays, you know, digital primarily, but it's more filming as a, as a verb, you know, it's um, recording and capturing or capturing um, what we want to see in cinema. And we're capturing it right now. We've captured it on the page and we're gearing up to capture it in a performance, uh, essentially. And yeah, so that's, that's one of the things we're excited about and uh, embarking on currently. That is very insightful, and it brings me to another question. Um, there's a lot of people out there, including myself. Um, when a person has an idea for a script, uh, how do they begin? I know that's a loaded question because everything is subjective, but... I suggest the place to begin is, uh, first of all, brainstorm, brainstorm, brainstorm. Uh, get your ideas out there, outline it, um, figure out exactly what you're wanting to tell, what you're wanting to communicate, what kind of characters you want to communicate that through. Um, trial and error, you know, you, you outline so you can see what works. Um, even, heck, even acting it out, you know, film yourself, uh, speak things out loud to see how it how it sounds, how it feels, is it organic, is it inorganic, um, you just keep going back to that drawing board, and Lord knows we did that with Radiant, I mean, we, we went through several versions, and where it's at now doesn't look anything really like the first script, but it, it maintained um, the essence in the sense that we had a strong outline, and we stuck to that outline, and the outline is what really guided us, and uh, it was our framework to build upon. And, uh, yeah. Well, Radiant's a marvelous example of the creative process because it was Jared's idea initially. He conceived the film and then started to build a team. And that's when I joined. I joined originally just as an actor and then as a writer. And we, we expanded from there until we, we had, you know, for an independent film, a pretty impressive team that has been dedicated to this for a very long time. People want to see this film happen, uh, which is the best part of it, is that so many people believe in the film. Um, and, you know, now, years later, we're, we're at finally at this point of launching things and, and giving people kind of a, a, a sneak peek into the film and what's, what it's going to be. So it's, it's, it's a great example of having an idea and sticking with it, because films do take this long. You know, people think that if something doesn't happen within a year, it's not going to happen. And I personally think that, especially with the indie film industry, I think the longer something takes, the more likely it's going to happen because that many people are still attached to it. You know, we could have lost half our team at any point along the way, and we haven't. And so, you know, it's only, as Jared said, it's only be, it's only grown and become better over the years we did go over everything shortly before COVID and we perfected the script and tightened things up because we wanted it to be there by the time we, we launched things and here it is. So we're, we're both very excited about it. That is so awesome. Um, 
I have to ask this because everything has a beginning, middle, and end. How did you come up with this? Did you wake up with it, uh, Jared? Or so yeah, I'll give a shout out to um, Ben Despard of Bent Sword Productions. Um, he's one of our core team, and he's remained on the project this whole time from the beginning. From the beginning, and I had been I had been cast to play uh, an evil prince on a project he was involved with, and um, I got to uh, I got to see his. Um, it looks, looks um, elaborate uh, wardrobe of just incredible costumes and incredible weaponry. Um, and that was kind of what sparked the idea of just like, wow, we could really pull off a great epic like fantasy story just with these costumes alone. Um, and for me, it, it, it starts with characters. You know, it's always the characters in the story, I believe, um, is what sells a movie or a story because it's, you're following these the people on this journey. So seeing just his wardrobe and how incredible it was and just his props and um, just his meticulous attention to detail with the, the things he was designing, um, that helped spark it. Or that helped me to see, like, oh, wow, this could actually be a possibility. Um, and, you know, after... So that project, we... Uh, it all kind of fizzled out, but... Um, you know, I reached out to him after the fact and just kind of picked his brain about the idea, and he was on board for it. And Ryan and I, you know, um, I, I've put this in our story, but when we met in acting class, you know, it was kind of always our our dream to play these kind of characters opposite each other. So that was the other big factor. Um, and at the time, he was in L.A., and so I remember calling him and just asking him if he'd ever come back to Michigan or if, you know, where, wherever the wind blew. At the time, we were just trying to really do a shoestring budget indie film if we could, but, um, you know, picking his brain and seeing what he thought about playing uh, an iconic kind of villain role. And uh, so that was part of the process. And then my friend uh, Aaron Bailey, he, him and I um, have been lifelong friends. Our parents knew each other before we were born. And his dream was to uh, write fantasy novels. So then I reached out to him about like, hey man, I, I'm trying to do a script for a story like this. Uh, you know, you want to be a part of helping me uh, write the story, write the characters out, and everything. So he's been a part of part of this process as well. Who is? Um, <clears throat> could you expound on who Ben? What's the last name again? Ben Despard. Despard. Is he a producer? Is he a, he's a art wardrobe? Director. Art director. Art director, yep. So he's in charge of all the wardrobes, the props, um, any special makeup, any special set uh, design that we need. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much his forte. That's been one of the blessings on Radiant is that we have, as Jared mentioned, we have people involved that have been involved from the beginning that are very passionate about what it is that they do and bring to the table. Aaron being a novelist, so we've had, you know, kind of the best of the best. Costume-wise, we have someone that's, that's what Ben does and he's brilliant at it. And uh, we had an idea of who these characters were. And so it's, it's a project that I think that's part of the reason that it's lived on and continued because it utilizes everybody's talents and their passions in a wonderful way. And that's what the indie film industry is about. You have the luxury of doing that and giving people the opportunity to um, practice their, their craft. 
That's very well said. Um, I'm going to take a different um, slant on this for people that are more tech savvy because everybody has a talent and a gift for this film. What kind of cameras are you using and how many and who is the cinematographer? Um, yeah, funny you should ask that question because I was just having a meeting um, with my co-director, um, his name is Garrett, and he, he came along with, uh, he was recommended by Ben, so he came on board. He's actually been our DP up to this point. Um, so that's actually one of the things that we're addressing because um, as co-director, he uh, really wants to be able to focus on co-directing with me and you know whether that means he's going to take on director of photography as well is yet to be seen because he's open to us looking into a director of photography which will determine then which cameras we use he has his own cameras and his own lenses um, which i am not too tech savvy i know it's like a c200 or something or other i believe i don't, I don't want to be misquoted on that but um he he's knowledgeable um to where he can tackle both but right now we're actually that's one of our uh positions that we're open to looking into other talent to bring in okay <clears throat> there is a lot going on with radiant there is there, there is, is there. it's fascinating listening to you guys it, it takes a village you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it takes a village. We need a village, too. We've got to build a village. <laughs> Does anyone have a village? <laughs> a village? A kind of village. We might be building one. We have who is, construction. Who is your location manager? Well, now we right kind now, of have one, technically. Kind of, yeah. Um, so someone who's going to be helping us is uh, a gentleman named Christopher Gluing. And he actually directed me in the last play that I did before quarantine hit. Um, he fabulously directed us in a live radio version of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. And he is um, he's a great guy. He is uh, has military background. He has theater background. And he has construction background. Um, so just an all-around uh, interesting culmination um, for something like this. You know, he has a really good... Uh, perspective to bring to this and, and he's excited about art and he wants to do film and he loves theater and right now he's helping us with locations and just we're still scouting um, but we actually have one in particular that we're hoping to secure and that would be through him should we uh, be able to do so um, but yeah, hopefully that answers that question. It does. It does. Um, now, Ryan Scott Lex, you are an actor in this uh, in Radiant, correct? Yes. Do you want to divulge anything about the character at this point? Uh, as Jared said, I'm the villain in the movie. I didn't know you were an evil prince in that project. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I did and forgot, so it's funny how things happen, God. because he's the hero of this film yeah, now. So yeah, well, there's a flip that happened there. It was, in your defense, it was a while ago. It was. Pretty sure I were you orange? Act. No. Was that the thing? Oh, that's not orange? what I'm thinking of. Maybe. The, 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 it was an orange fairy thing. Anyway, back to your question. <laughs> um... So yeah, no, uh, I, I, I play uh, Rafe in the movie, and um, he's a, a character that we, that we spend a lot of time on. As Jared said, this film 
evolved very quickly from its original um, incarnation, and that's something that we've had a tremendous amount of fun with, is fleshing out these characters. I think it's one of the strengths of our film, is that Jared wanted it to be very character-driven, and it is. They're layered people, um, far more so now than they were in the beginning. That was something that, that grew over time, is we, we didn't want one-dimensional characters. So Rafe is the kind of villain that hopefully people can sympathize with or, or empathize with. You know, he's, he's human. All of the people in this movie are very human, um, which is something we're very proud of. But, as Jared said earlier, these characters are types that we've wanted to play for a long time. And that's one of the marvelous things about the indie film industry, especially if you, uh, if, if you can write, is you provide opportunities for yourself. And we've both been acting almost our entire lives. So this is um, a wonderful opportunity. We're very excited about it. And we both love fantasy also, which is worth saying. This is a fantasy film. And you don't, when it was first brought to my attention, I was living in L.A. And what I loved about it is that it was an, it was an ambitious film for an indie uh, production. There, you don't see a lot of fantasy being done. That's why we've spent so long on it, trying to perfect it and get it ready. And uh, that, that impressed me. But it's a fantasy film that has a lot of heart. It's not the CGI fest that's all about battles and action and things like that. Oh, yes. Story-driven, character-driven. and So it's it's been a joy to work on up to this point. Yeah, that's any, awesome. Any CG or uh, action, you know, we just, like, want that to be guided by the story, by what's happening, and, and not overhaul. Um, for pers- personally, my taste, like, I just... Like, to me, I become all too aware when it's just, like, you know, it's a chance to just show off CG or the latest technology, which is all fine and, and can, can really service a story, um, which in our case, that's that would be the goal. Anything that's used is to service our story and service our, you know, the performance. We want this, as actors, we want a chance to... Uh, just perform the type of character that we, you know, grew up loving, seeing performed on, on screen in cinema. And, you know, sometimes less is more, and sometimes it's simple is uh, profound. And, um, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or come up with some kind of groundbreaking twists and plots or turns. We just want to tell a great story, something that people can escape into, and hopefully a world that they can inhabit and get lost in and uh, enjoy at the end of the day. That's all? Uh, yeah. No, they just took my breath away. Um, he has that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> what I've always liked about you two, ever since I met you, was that you were real. And what I mean by that is you remind me of 1940s, 1950s, maybe 1960s actors. Because there was no CGI then. There was actual acting. And I've seen both of you act. And what you said, Jared, about CGI... Yes, it has its place, but it shouldn't replace actual acting. Well said. Yeah. Which brings me to a question I've been itching to ask both of you. I will ask Ryan. Ryan, when did the acting bug hit you, and when was your first play, film, or appearance? Um, I was thrown on stage, literally, when I was eight years old. Um, Somebody, a neighbor of ours, went to my mother and strongly suggested that she enroll me in the theater. 
and I fell in love with it. It was, I really didn't have a desire to do it prior to that. And I did, and I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, with the uh, audience feedback. Um, there's just a magic that, that only live theater gives you. Oh, and, amen to that. Uh, and I spent several years on stage um, in, in great shows, doing great parts, getting a lot of experience. Um, and then ultimately did go to uh, Los Angeles. I wanted to learn film and, and be able to be somewhat uh, versatile between those two um, aspects of the, of the industry. And um, and that's one of the nice things about Radiant is that the character that I'm playing is much more akin to what I used to do on the stage versus what I've been doing in regard to film. So it's, it's sort of a throwback for me, which is a lot of fun. And and it, it's it's theatrical. I mean, the, the the role that I have in the movie it is a very theatrical part. Um, and and yes, so I mean, my my time on the stage, you know, and and, and screen has has been wonderful. Uh, but I I also write, and that was one of the well timed aspects of Radiant is that at the time um, Jared kind of thought of me for this part, and then. I did come back. I unexpectedly moved back to Michigan. So that allowed us to really work on it together, which was wonderful. And so we, we, we you know, it's well-rounded. We're, we're wearing many hats, and I think some hats we didn't know we would be wearing. True. But it just makes you more well-rounded and learn everything about the industry you're in, so to speak. Very true. Yeah. Jared, yes. what is your backstory? <laughs> when did you start? So in regards to acting, so... Yes. Honestly, it was not something I dreamed up too much as a kid um, until fourth grade where we did a little class play called The Whipping Boy, or it was based on the book The Whipping Boy, um, and I played, I don't even remember what I played, but whatever I not did. Not the boy. Not the boy, surprisingly <laughs> enough. I, I remember I was some kind of uh, antagonistic character chewing on garlic or something, and I was chewing my tongue. I had, like to to make it look convincing, I guess, and that seemed to impress my teacher, Mrs. Goshorn, and uh, <laughs> she wrote in my report card t a note to my mom telling me to get to get me involved with the theater. And uh, at the time, you know, I was worried about playing with toys or reading comic books or something, but I remember that stuck with me actually because. It was years later in, in high school that I then joined the drama club, and I was usually the first one to have all my lines memorized, and I just really, that's when the acting bug, so to speak, got me, because it was just this joy to uh, inhabit a different person's life, to step into someone else's shoes, and just that escapism, because I'm kind of a, a shy I border between being an extrovert and an introvert. It just depends on the situation. But Actors do that. <laughs> yeah. So in the sense of getting to step into someone else's shoes, I could really be an extrovert and, or just, you know, just live vicariously through these different characters. And so it was, it was in high school and the strong decision of I want to act, you know, for the rest of my life. And that really took hold just pursuing it ever since in college and, and otherwise. And I love both uh, mediums, and I've had to learn uh, like the difference between the two when you go from stage acting to film acting. Um, 
film acting is almost just the inverted version of stage acting because stage acting you have to be big and loud and um, big enough for the back of the audience to see you and to get everything that's happening in the story whereas camera you almost have to pull that in reverse where the camera's picking up every subtle nuance so you almost have to pull back everything and just be as real and true to life and true to the moment as possible and trust that the camera's picking up every subtlety um that so, sounds like a lot of work yeah and, and i remember coming off of uh doing romeo and juliet and being big and and having a british accent and all my film auditions after that, they said, you're too big. <laughs> I was like, I've never been told that in my life. And it's in not high a school, bad thing. It was always, more, I need more, be louder, be big. And I was like, I had such a difficult time. And so it was like, having to balance the two was definitely a lesson in, in the craft. Um, but I think both are extremely important. And there's nothing like telling a story linearly and having to knock it out of the park every night in front of an audience you get one one shot it's not cut retake <laughs> you, you go out there and you're shaking and your nerves are going the butterflies are there and you're like i can't help but have to get these lines out there and if i don't remember it god help me i'm gonna say something <laughs> <laughs> very true um we live in the millennial age and there's millennials out there i've i've i coach i'm an acting coach and i coach people and I'm just going to put it out there. I want your feedback, both of you. Um, I asked for it. Uh, acting sounds like a lot of work. It doesn't sound to me like I got a great headshot and I'm ready to go. Any any feedback on that? Certainly. I mean, that's just the, that's one step. It is one step. And you can't be famous overnight. And so many people... Um, in this day and age, want to be famous before they learn their craft. And you can see it. Or they just want to be famous. You know, I think that the, the unique thing about this industry is that no two, there is no direct answer to the question because no two people do it for the same reasons. That's, that's the thing. If you ask actors why they're in it or when they started or why they started, you'll always get different answers. It's a, it's very, it's a wonderfully unique industry, I think, because you can't name many professions that are like that. There are not a million and one reasons to want to do most things. The arts, anything in the arts, whether you're a musician or an actor or a dancer, I mean, there's something in it that you're getting out of it. And and it isn't easy. It is work. Um, but it's also not, it's not technical. And often that's what people are told, that if you have a headshot, if you do this, if you go to all of the auditions, and it doesn't work that way at all. It's opportunities and, and be learning as much as you can and, and practicing it and putting yourself out there, meeting the right people. But everybody's journey is very, very different in this industry. True. And something to the fame, the notion of being famous nowadays, and you say millennial and um, just even myself assessing this myself, uh, to be famous, you can be famous now for a number of different reasons. I mean, with social media and YouTube and TikTok and all these platforms now where people are given a, a chance to... Um, share their talent and share their voice and share whatever they have or want to bring to the world so you can you can be famous a number of different ways you certainly don't have to be an actor to be famous um, and for me that was one of the things where I was like why do I want to be an actor and 
it really boiled down to I want to affect people the way I've been affected through the art of storytelling and through moments, key moments in a movie that really move you, that bring home a message, um, that just impact you in a way that you remember for the rest of your life. And that's what I want to be a part of. And should fame follow, that's what I would want it to be for is just... Um, having that kind of effect on an audience and just resonating deep within people. Very well said. Hey, Ryan, Scott Lax, Jared Withrow. Listen, it's been wonderful to have you on my podcast, Real Actors, Real Answers. And I do have a very important question. Um, if someone wanted to contact you, um, I'll start with you, Jared. If someone wanted to contact you about Radiant or about anything pertaining to acting, how would they do that? Oh, yeah, great, great question. Um, right now we are, for Radiant, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram uh, under the Radiant Film Project. So on Instagram, if you just search the Radiant Film Project, we should come up and then same on Facebook. Um, we have, you know, some info out there, whatever. We can be reached directly through a DM that way. Um, and yeah, anyone can message and we'll try to, one of us on the team will try to get back. Okay. Set. All right. I too am on the social media. I'm the Facebook, Ryan Scott Lax, and Instagram is ryan.scott.lax. So yes, D DM me, ask me all your, all your personal questions. Personal? Yes. Whoa. More personal All right. the better. To act Remember, this is coming out <laughs> in the public. Careful okay. what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Um, it's been a privilege today. We adore you. Thank you.